sex positive and overly orgasmic, these are our toy stories. I want to start this episode by saying there is no such thing as consequence-free sex. I want to share my sexual health story with you. I'm going to tell you all about my sex life and <laughs> at some points, a lack thereof. My journey into the lifestyle, why sexual health is so important to me, and then I'm going to talk about my experience battling HPV for the last four years. Okay, so let's do a little Cliff Notes version of my sex life. I'm feeling, I'm getting hot in here because I'm feeling very vulnerable. This is important. It's, it's uh, you know, a great way to get to know me and where I'm coming from and why I am the way that I am. And also it's important to share and talk about. So I lost my virginity when I was 16 years old with the boy next door. <laughs> That's a story. Maybe I should share that one day. And then, you know, I had multiple partners in college, really started experiencing things. And then when I was in college, I met my fuck buddy. I call him Pawn Star. He changed my life when it comes to sex. He showed me and taught me what good sex really good sex is. It was my first time ever reaching orgasm with a partner. He taught me how to suck dick. He was where I learned, explored. It was my safe place to let go. And it's funny, I often say to people, like other sex positive friends that I meet, or, you know, really, I ask a lot of people, where'd you get it from? Where'd you learn that? You know, did you have a teacher who taught you that? And he was that for me, for sure. So in college, very sexually active, always been a very sexual person. And then, you know, you do what everybody else does, you know, like the societal norms, get married, have babies, live happily ever after, except life is not like that. Okay. So, but I did, I got married in 2010 and of course, you know, you have a healthy sex life and then you have babies. And sex changes drastically during that time. It's a lot of fun having sex and trying to get pregnant, right? And then you do, and pregnancy causes all types of different things, so your sex life slows down a little bit. Then you have the baby, and holy shit, right? Like, you're busy keeping another human alive, and you're stressed, and you're tired. And sex just kind of, for me, became a back burner thing. My marriage was also falling apart. And to me, sex, even me, like the nympho that I am, sex became a chore. It's hard. It's very hard for me to admit that. Um, and I think it's a lot of people can relate to that. It just did. So I remember, I distinctly remember, you know, and one of the reasons why my marriage fell apart was I was doing it all. I was working taking care of my daughter, up with her all night. My ex-husband moved to the guest bedroom, I think a few weeks after she was born. That was the reality of my situation. And sex to me, I, I, I think there was about 10 times I had sex in two years. That's like unbelievable for me to admit. And I really wasn't even masturbating that much either. I was dead tired. My life was kind of spiraling at that point. <laughs> and yeah, I wasn't having a ton of sex. So... Then I got divorced in 2017, and 
I have my little slut phase. Okay. Like what do they talk or the hoe phase? They talk about when you're getting out of your marriage, the different stages that you're in. So there's like the alcoholic stage, the hoe phase, the I don't want anybody phase. <laughs> I went through all of those in 2017. The hoe phase, I definitely fuck some shit up. Okay. <laughs> my best friend Katina and I, I think we can talk. I can have an entire episode on summer 2017 shenanigans. But anyway, and then I immediately, which by the way, I do not recommend if you're going through a divorce, I immediately got into a long-term relationship about seven months later. And I was in that relationship for about three and a half years. I can't even remember, three and a half years, four years, whatever. So I went from nympho sex college girl to getting married and then barely having any sex because my marriage and life was falling apart and then got into a relationship with my boyfriend and he was wonderful and we had great sex together. Of course, you know, like the honeymoon phase or whatever. Something that I recognized very much so was I'm not vanilla. I like to explore. I want to get a sex swing. I want to do a milking table. I want to try a glory hole. Like, And I just started to really feel like I want to be kinkier. I want to try different things. And unfortunately for me, my ex-boyfriend was very vanilla. And so that there became the struggle. It's hard for me to admit this, but there were so many times where I got turned down for sex and it would it would kill me and it was it was tough. It I don't know. I I just I can I know a lot of people can relate to this. I almost felt like something wrong. Like why aren't we having sex almost every day or every day? Why aren't we exploring and trying new things? And there was like this internal struggle that I had because I felt shame, right? And I remember I wanted a sex swing for Christmas and my ex-boyfriend was like, oh, you're gross. And really, I was like, oh, I don't think that's gross at all. I don't think there's anything gross about that. And I really want to try it. And there became this shift, right? And started growing and changing and going in different ways. And so that relationship ended at the end of 2020. And... I just, I I had to let my freak flag fly, okay? This is very detailed and very personal. I stupidly got into a relationship with a married man. I had an affair with someone. I do not recommend it. I take full responsibility for everything that I did, and I will always regret it. But one thing I will say is that that relationship he opened me up and got me right back to where I was, like back in my college years of like incredible, mind-blowing, hot, intoxicating, good fucking sex. Good fucking. Such good fucking. And it was, <laughs> it woke her up. Like she was unleashed. There was no more going back in the cage. I was never, ever, ever going to be vanilla again. And as, I do regret it. I am not proud about it. And it's something that I have to live with. It's my burden to, to bear of the things and the, the chaos and the fucking destruction that I caused with that relationship. But it did awaken the beast. And I really just started to find myself and accept myself for who I am. I no longer felt shame. And I think that's important, you know, that we're all on this journey together. And I feel like the universe has a funny way when you're trying to hold back something, withhold, you know, who you really are. It's constantly pointing out like, you know, 
be you, get yourself out there. Like, this is who you are. Who cares what anyone else thinks? And so I finally got there. In fall of 2020, I started my other podcast show, Midlife Craving. It was a very empowering way to own and share with the world, you know, what I was going through and normalize what I was going through and talk about it because I know I'm not alone. And amazingly, I have grown my show and met so many incredible people out there who relate to me and they're going through the same things. And I just want to say like, there's t- it's okay to not be okay at times. We're all works in progress. I, you know, openly share my journey because I think it's important to talk about. And I'm really proud of where I am today. And my life has changed in ways that I cannot even, I still can't even believe that this is my life now. But one of the things that my podcast show did for me, it was, was it opened me up to a lot of different avenues, a lot of different ways to meet people. And I met these wonderful women. They had another podcast show of their own. And they were like, hey, we want to come on. And I met them and they taught me and introduced me to the lifestyle. So let's see, marriage, barely having sex or sex. Let's just recap here because I, I like to I like to keep things on track. So college, nympho, having incredible sex, really the start of my journey. Settled down, got married and was miserable, right? Like holding back who I was, barely having sex. Then got in a relationship with someone a little bit too vanilla for me. Had a wild and crazy sex with an affair partner. Do not recommend, but it really did like shoot me back into the nympho world. And then joining the lifestyle as a unicorn and exploring that world, which I feel like I'll have to talk about that another day. But I have fully embraced the lifestyle, you know, going to events and parties and hotel takeovers and having play dates and having, you know, multiple partners. And my sex life is better than it's ever been. I have had incredible experiences and I'm I'm loving it right now. So that's been like my my sex journey. And I've been doing that. Like the last two years, I've been a unicorn in the lifestyle and having fun. It's amazing. I felt like in the fall, I started to have too much group play and felt a little disconnected. So I had to take a step back. And I've been focusing more on just like one-on-one play and one-on-one connections. So, you know, people are like, are you, you know, what's your roster or whatever? And I don't really think of it as that, but I do have a dom who I play with regularly and I adore my time with him. He's allowed me to explore and get to know the BDSM world and be a very submissive to him, which is what I am through and through. Technically, I'm a brat. So that means I like, I'm very submissive, fully submissive, but I like to talk back and I like that push and pull play together. So I have him. And then I do have a little boy toy that I see every now and again. (laughs) 20-year-olds, like, I don't know why. I don't know why they do it for me. They just do. So I have a little boy toy that I play with every now and again. And then I have another partner. His I call him Hot Dog because he's wild and so much fun. I see him like once a month. And my favorite thing about him is he leaves me alone. <laughs> I'm just a girl out here living in the world. And I'm just doing me and what makes me happy. I feel like it's so amazing that I'm at 41 years old, totally independent and free and able to do whatever the fuck I want when I want with who I want. And so 
That's where I'm at, okay? That's just my sexual background and where I'm at today. And I want to talk about sexual health because I feel like it is so important to me. I do have a lot of sex, and I do have multiple partners, and so getting tested is vital. Let me scroll down my notes here. And I want to mention something really quick. I would say that, yes, I am a slut, but I'm an ethical one, and I take care of myself, and sexual health is paramount to me. I get a ton of shame and criticism, downright brutal remarks about the way that I live. And it's unconventional, I know, but I'm happy and I'm healthy and that's all that matters. You know, I just want to say like, fuck the noise. It took me a while to get here, like to have this sexual freedom and I'm embracing it and I fucking love it here. I'm proud to say that I put sexual health at the top of my list. You know, it's number one priority. And when I get shitty feedback, I think to myself, so when's the last time you were tested, you know, because I'm taking care of myself every quarter. And that's even if I don't have new partners. And also my my partners are as well. I've said it before. I said it at the beginning of this episode. There's no such thing as consequence-free sex. And, you know, if God forbid you do pick up something out there, you know, it's okay. I feel like the stigma with STIs is just, we need to lose that. STIs are so treatable nowadays. And I just, I really hope we can lose that stigma because getting tested and knowing it's just, it's half the battle. And I've been very fortunate in my sex life to be healthy and maintain that healthy status. But I want to share my story because in 2018, I had an abnormal pap. My results came back and I was diagnosed with a HPV type 16. So let's talk about HPV, human papillomavirus. 90% of the time, your body is just going to kick it out, okay? So if you have an abnormal pap, it's okay. In fact, that happens a lot. And majority of the time, your immune system is going to kick it out, and you're going to get clear it and have normal results in no time. However, in some cases, and lucky me, <laughs> I had a persistent type, type 16, and a very persistent case. So I'm going to talk about how that went down. At first, when you have abnormal results, you just wait, okay? So you just wait to see, like, is my body going to kick this out? Like, hope and wish and brand. Like, yes, I hope it does. It's actually called SIN1. And basically, that's just a mild form of dysplasia in your cells. God, it's, it's making me think about, in 2019, my gynecologist at the time actually suggested getting a leap procedure. He was like, you know, Adrian, I know it's only sin one, but I just feel like, like, you know, it's a persistent strain. Like, we should just get rid of it. And I was in the throes of going through a lot of stuff and... I was like, no, my body's going to kick it out. Like, I'm going to be fine. Like, I'm not going to worry about this. So I will say, if your doctor suggests getting a leap, even if you have a low-grade type of dysplasia, just do it. Like, I, I just, I, I, I can't say, you know, everything happens for a reason and timing is everything, but I just, I really regret that. I wish I would have gotten the leap procedure back in 2019. So anyway, flat, you know, 20, 
2020 to 2021, you know, the whole world was going through a lot of stuff. And here I am hoping, wishing, and praying that my body would clear and kick out that HPV. I even took like special $100 vitamins every month. Okay. Like I was doing all the fucking things. So last year, I had another abnormal pap smear. And this time, my body has decided to upgrade it to SIN2 and some SIN3, which is basically precancerous cells. They have progressed. And so, fuck my life, right? <laughs> like, fuck me. My body did not want to kick it out. And that fucking sucked. So in September of last year, I had the LEAP procedure done. What the LEAP is, and this sounds like TMI and very crazy, but let's talk about it, right? Like, I feel like there's not a lot out there that shares this. And so I hope that if you're someone that's going through this, you can get some, get some, you know, feedback, hopefully make you feel better. So, okay, the leap procedure, basically they take like a wire electrical loop and they go in there and they just like clear out the inside of your cervix with it, right? So you just like get rid of all the bad cells. I had the leap. I will say, you know, it was, I didn't feel anything. It really wasn't even that uncomfortable. For me, the worst part was the discharge after. And I don't wear underwear, so... You can't use tampons or menstrual discs or anything. And so I had to wear pads. That really was probably the worst part of the recovery for me. You do have like a watery discharge for about two weeks. So that wasn't fun. But I will say this, there was no impact on my orgasms, which was a fear of mine. There was no impact on my sex life. Like I had incredible sex once I was healed. Everything was extremely very much so the same. Like, I, I really just forgot that I had it. Like, I was like, oh, yeah, I had the leap procedure done. Well, okay. Like, and, you know, I'm thinking to myself, like, I'm on the road to recovery. I did all the things. I was still taking the $100 vitamins. I was like, I'm good. Like, I had the surgery. It's going to get rid of this. Like, I'm, and I even had, like, another pap. Everything was good. She was like, everything looks amazing. I was like, right? Like, oh, thank God. Sadly, that was not the case. So I get tested every quarter. I befriended my doctor. And she was like, okay, it's been, like, six months since your leap procedure. Let's go in. We'll do a colposcopy. And... We'll do a pap smear, like, you know, make sure everything's good. And I'm like, okay, so I'm in there and I'm feeling good. And she's doing all her stuff. She's like, everything's great. And I could tell, like, she was like, hmm. She's like, Adrian, I see a white spot. She's like, I'm sure it's the scar tissue from your leap, but we're going to biopsy it just in case. So, okay, I'm in there. I had a pap smear, a colposcopy, a biopsy, a full STI screening. But I'm like, okay, whatever, whatever it takes. And, you know, I was like, am I good? Like, are we, am I, are you concerned? And she was like, no, like, I'm not, I'm not worried. I think it's just scar tissue from your leap. Sadly, it was not. By the way, my STI and everything else was normal, but the biopsy came back and I was I was in massive shock. The next thing I know, I'm sitting in a oncologist's office discussing hysterectomy. It all happened really fucking fast to the tune of, you know, I had my 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 appointment my biopsy was like the next business day, my biopsy results. I was scheduled with an oncologist a week later, and then my hysterectomy was scheduled two weeks after that. So this is all like in a matter of a month. Thankfully, you know, I'm done having children, but holy fuck, like I, I, I was not planning 
on all of this, okay? Like, this wasn't in the plans. My body was supposed to clear it. And I I did all the things. I took the fucking vitamins. I had the leap procedure. Like, why is this happening to me? And so I had a laparoscopic robotic hysterectomy last week, actually, which that sounds hard to believe. I feel like it was way easier than I thought it was going to be. And I have... I am so thrilled to say that I had excellent results. My margins were unremarkable. And in eight weeks, you know, bam, I'm going to be back in business. It sounds so easy sitting here talking to you about this, but in real life, it was a lot to go through. You know, I think to myself, imagine if I didn't regularly get PAPs, if I didn't get tested and I wasn't checked. You know, cervical cancer ain't nothing to fuck with. And I'm just, I'm so grateful that I'm here today, healthy, and all of that stuff is behind me. Another thing, as I was mentioning during my appointment, I had my third HPV vaccine shot. And did you know that you too can get the HPV vaccine? Men as well. And in fact, men should get them because like... They don't even test you for it. And they're out here kind of being super spreaders. <laughs> just, that is, that is what it is. So even outside of the age of 26, which by the way, that was very ageist of them to think that people in their 40s or you know 30s weren't having sex and multiple partners or whatever. But um, you too can get the HPV vaccine. I had no idea it was available to me. And, you know, I'm 41 years old. I just finished my third shot. And this vaccine prevents all of the cancer-causing strains. If you already had HPV like I did, I had type 16, it's not going to cure that. But it's going to prevent me from getting the other strains. By the way, that includes the one that causes warts, okay? So if you're sexually active, you have multiple partners, and really, you know what? Let me touch on that for a second. Even if you're married, okay? Like, you never know. And my gynecologist talks about how a lot of her STI diagnosis occurs with women who are married and who they think they're in a monogamous relationship. So anyway, get that HPV vaccine, okay? Like prevent yourself from going through what I am. Okay, so we talked about a lot today. And the one takeaway that I want you to have is the reminder to take care of your sexual health. You know, ladies, get that pap smear. It's it's vital. And I also want to note that if you have any questions about my experience with HPV or getting tested or the LEAP procedure or the, the hysterectomy that I just had, <laughs> send me a DM over on Instagram at Toy Stories, S-T-O-R-I-E-Z-Z underscore T-D. And it's me. It's really me answering the DMs. And I would love to talk to you about it and share more of my experience. Speaking of even more things that you can do, I would love it if you would rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast, you know, help me spread sexual health and all the love out there. Don't forget, you can share your toy stories or other related experiences with us. And hey, even be a guest on the show. Head over to toystories.com and Let's talk about it. I would love to meet and hear about your toy stories. And you could be a guest on the show. It'd be a lot of fun. All right, I'm going to head out of here because I need to go have a visit with PCAT. <laughs> she is my favorite clitoral stimulating toy. And her magical six setting gives me that incredible edging orgasm. And I can't have any penetration for eight weeks. And so PCAT is currently saving my sanity. <laughs> I'll see you guys later. 